It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Go. You know, you know, a little Delbert going into the weekend. Yeah. Here comes the weekend, honey. What's going on? We put our feet up, honey. Party on that long, oh, baby. Whatever. I'm with you. GIF, we made it. It is the Get You to the Weekend edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Glad we are here. Glad you are with us. And thank you for taking a few moments uh, with us here on the drive home today on a huge weekend in Greenville. we got Pirate Fest coming up tomorrow morning, and it'll be going into tomorrow night down in uh, Griffin. they got the Shad Festival going on, so lots uh, happening around uh, eastern North Carolina and Pirate Nation. This uh, weekend, including Pirate Baseball, which is uh, coming your way. Three-game series against Cincinnati. Uh, we'll have uh, coverage for you beginning uh, here this evening on 94-3 The Game. Pirates coming to the weekend set tied with Houston and South Florida atop the AAC standings. Of course, had a resounding uh, three, or rather 7-3 victory against Old Dominion on Tuesday, Carter Cunningham and Lane Hoover, a couple of two-run home runs apiece. Danny Beal, what a relief performance for him. Uh, career-high nine strikeouts at a career-best five innings. He got a second save of the year. Will Coxon has hit a, had a hit for the Pirates as Justin Will Coxon in 15 of his last 16 games. And uh, the Pirates are batting uh, or have... Uh, Seven players batting 307 or better right now. Pirates are hitting 298 coming in. 40 home runs, not bad. 42 stolen bases. And uh, East Carolina, 54th in doubles, 56th in uh, batting average nationally. Nationally. Pirate pitching has been uh, outstanding uh, as well. East Carolina, 6th nationally in strikeout-to-walk ratio coming in. Uh, 15th in ERA, 16th in walks allowed per nine innings. Trey Savage, fifth in the nation in total strikeouts. Uh, Gross, sixth in hits allowed per nine innings. Just some of the stats coming in. It'll be a Savage going tonight for the Pirates against uh, the righty Griffin uh, Hugus. Carter Spivey tomorrow at 3-1, and one, coming off his best outing against uh, Central Florida last week against the uh, right-hander, the tall right-hander with the flowing golden locks, Chase Hopewell. And then Groves will go for the Pirates on Sunday or, or game three of the series. However all this shakes out. 
Uh, as uh, Cincinnati comes in, uh, they, of course, play twice. Uh, they're linked together in this American convoluted uh, baseball conference scheduling where you play uh, at least one team or the same team every year in two series home and home. So uh, the first one in Greenville this season, Pirates have uh, had a great deal of success in the series, winning 19 of 21 coming in. Bearcats last one in Greenville in 2018. So a bit of a quasi-pirate report for you here to start things as we've got pirate baseball this weekend. Big thanks to many of you that reached out after our interview with Mike Houston, coach in the studio yesterday. If you missed the interview, go to 943thegame.com, find the Patrick Johnson Show podcast page, and go back and uh, listen to it. If you heard it yesterday and relive the magic, if you are looking to hear it for the first time, because uh, you missed yesterday, shame on you for doing so, but you can uh, check it out online, 943thegame.com. The status of the legalization of sports gambling in North Carolina, where is that piece of legislation after passing the House as far as the track it's on? Lawmakers having their spring break, so no activity on Jones Street this week, but things will resume on Monday uh, afternoon late, and the Senate will take it up. So we're going to find out some more on that coming up later today. We've got uh, on the phone with us a little bit later on Brian Murphy, sports investigative reporter from WREL, just so we can find out where that piece of legislation is and are there any other pratfalls, are there any other uh, things that could uh, cause this to to kind of stumble or, or not make it through. So all of that with Brian Murphy coming up in just a little bit. But Charles Barkley taking some uh, hits today by some in the media. Uh, the NBA, uh, according to one article, has a Charles Barkley problem again. I mean, let's face it, the ratings are down and uh, have been and will continue to go down, in my opinion. And the league's biggest media personality is telling fans not to watch postseason games. Here's Chuck the other night on Inside the NBA on TNT. The only thing that's exciting about the Eastern Conference is the Knicks against the Cavaliers. That's the only thing exciting. In America, don't be foolish. They want you to watch these games. Philly, Boston, and Milwaukee are head and shoulders above the rest of these bombs in the Eastern Conference. Now, the Knicks and Cleveland, that could be a really good series. That could be the six saying, So you're saying the Celtics are going to sweep the Hawks? That's what you're saying right now? Uh, they, the, the Hawks might can win a game, but they can't beat the Celtics. And nobody can beat Milwaukee. I mean, the only question in the Eastern Conference, can my Sixers beat the Celtics? That's the only question in the Eastern Conference. Well, here's the uh, thing. He's not He's not wrong. I mean, there's, look, for years this was the best time of year to watch uh, basketball, and then over time it has eroded to where it, it you, you could skip the first two rounds. The conference finals, and even that is a little bit of fait accompli in some years, but, I mean, conference finals and NBA finals, that's it. That's really it. I mean, there's, there's just, just not, I mean, unless you just want to have it on in the background. But, I mean, while that's bad for business, at least Chuck's being honest, right? So as Barkley was taking some hits for making this comment, I actually thought of what we heard when we talked to Travis Hancock from WFNZ earlier in the week. And this guy hosts the pregame show for the Hornets on their radio network. And, you know, it's been reported Michael Jordan wants out. And this is what Travis Hancock had to say as why. Heard for a while that, MJ's done exactly enamored with not just ownership of the basketball team, but 
the league in general, that this is not a league that MJ recognizes anymore. Yeah. Meaning that if you go back to the way he played and the way the game was played and how uh, – this is just me guessing on what he right. would see. But right. the volume of three-pointers, load management, that, that MJ is not really too into the league as a whole – so while uh, MJ is not as uh, his airness is not as uh, vocal, uh, you know, night in night out as Charles Barkley is, that's still I think pretty solid intel from a guy who's on the inside of of what's going on in Buzz City. He has the buzz in Buzz City. Pardon the pun. And you might say, well, look, these old heads. What did Jordan and Barkley know? Well, they're just you know two of the top fifty players. MJ, the best player of all time. I mean, their, their, their vote counts. Basketball, in a lot of ways, is, is not recognizable, and it's not for the better in a lot of instances. I mean, it's, it's an entertainment product. Here are some of, the, uh, some of the numbers. According to Sports Media Watch, the NBA All-Star Game in Salt Lake City averaged a 2.2 rating or 4.59 million viewers, viewers across TNT and TBS, lowest-rated, least-watched edition of the game. And that continues a three-year trend. All right, well, what's the big deal? It's an exhibition game. True. NFL, responsible for 82 of the 100 most U.S. watch broadcast college football, had five in the top 100. Political programming had four. The World Cup had three. College basketball had two. NBA was not able to crack the top 100. Uh, game six of last year's NBA Finals came in at 108. And according to The Athletic, the NBA will receive $24 billion from Turner and ESPN. When their TV deals near the end of uh, the 24-25 seasons is expected, the league is looking for somewhere around $75 billion in their new deal. And I, it looks like maybe the only way they're going to get that is if they go with the streaming service. So they will definitely trade eyeballs, it would appear, because they're already trading eyeballs. They're going to trade eyeballs for for money, and they need money. So it's a real dilemma for the NBA. But, I mean, you know, it's, are, do you plan on watching? I we don't talk any about the NBA because it's a it's a non-factor to me in my mind, but also to the audience's mind. I, I don't think you all are. I'm not saying there's people who are not NBA fans, and I know the NBA tends to skew younger than maybe our audience does, but I, I just don't think there's a ton of night in and night out NBA fans. Certainly, like there were there were not years and years and years ago. Uh, there's a lot of reasons again for that. I think the load management situation, and I just think. I know, there seems to be a disconnect with that sport right now, but we don't get a chance to know the stars in college like we used to. Uh, then they go to the NBA and you kind of follow them there. That, that's those those days are, in a lot of ways, a lot or uh, are, are done. Interesting though, uh, very interesting stuff. NBA does have uh, some problems, especially with the uh, TV negotiating rights coming up. And when your biggest star says, "Hey, you don't need to watch this," that's Kind of funny. All right, uh, we we're gonna talk. One thing I think can save the NBA, uh, and to a degree has, and I think would uh, pique my interest is if we have sports gambling in the state of, of North Carolina. Uh, it is uh, passed the House a couple of weeks ago. It is on its way now to the Senate. We're gonna get the latest update on that from Brian Murphy. Sports investigative reporter from WRAL. So stay with us here. It is the get you to the weekend and get you to the first game of the ECU v. Cincinnati baseball series edition of the PJ Show. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. 
Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. been following quite excitedly the sports gambling uh, bill and with uh, all the all the stories and things that we've been working on and the uh, games and the uh, preemptions and what have you we uh, have uh, not really followed up on it adequately with the great Brian Murphy like I wanted to but we uh, decided today would be as good a day as any to do that he's free well, as free as you get I guess covering uh, the legislature even though they're in a spring break uh, but, hey, uh, Brian Murphy, sports investigative reporter with WREL, has followed uh, things down at uh, Jones Street for a number of years, and he's been all over uh, this story as well. Uh, Brian, hope all's well for you. Thanks for taking some time. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. All right. So uh, legislation author- authorizing and regulating sports gambling in North Carolina uh, is, uh, is on its way. Uh, now it is through the House. And it is on its way where? Give us the latest update. And if somebody's just tuning in, uh, give us the rundown of how it got through the House, if you'd be so kind. Yeah, it it passed the House, um, a broad sports gambling bill. So this would allow gambling on your mobile devices and other electronic devices. It would also open the door to sports lounges at at PNC Arena here in Raleigh and um, several places in Charlotte, including Bank of America Stadium. And it got through the House, you know, kind of without incident. Um, last year it failed by a single vote, but this year supporters locked down support. It, it had support in the Republican caucus and the Democratic caucus, and, and supporters were able to shoot down a whole bunch of amendments um, and get a clean bill through. So now it goes to the Senate. It'll have to go through a bunch of committees on that side, and, and there's already talk about some changes to the bill coming, um, whether that's adding horse racing or – um, there's been talk about creating a gambling or a gaming commission mm-hmm. uh, to run to run this whole thing rather than letting the lottery commission do it. Um, there's been some talk, and I don't know how realistic this is, but there's been some talk about video lottery machines or video gaming terminals. I've heard some people want to include that with sports gambling, which which may uh, sink the whole thing. I don't. I'm not sure there's as broad support for for that those VGTs as there is for for sports gambling. So. Um, still a lot of moves to happen here in, in the state legislature. Uh, Brian Murphy on with us here. That, well, I was going to ask, does any of this possibly derail this, or uh, it, does this seem like it has fairly smooth waters to get through uh, the Senate side of things? You know, it passed the Senate in, in 2020, uh, 2021. <laughs> Hard to keep track at this point. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, but a, a pretty similar bill passed the, passed the Senate in 2021. Um and so I would imagine that if anything, support has probably grown for it on that side. The governor is obviously for it. Um, it will be interesting to see if they add things to it. I, you know, I don't think a thing, something like the gaming commission would, would derail it. But if, if something like video gaming terminals or video lottery terminals were added to it, I mean, that would, that would make it a little heavier lift. Um, but I think the, the proponents of this, the people who want sports gambling are going to fight hard to keep it as clean as possible get this bill in place, and if there's changes that need to be made to it in the future, then they say, well, you know, we can come back and do that. Um, I think they're really just trying to get it off the ground 
uh, get it started. And, and if it does pass, even if it gets through the whole process, uh, it won't start until January uh, in, in the right. state. So right. um, there, you know, there's not, I mean, yes, of course, you know, they want to get it passed. But it's not like, hey, if we get it past this week, we can start gambling on, on baseball games tomorrow. <laughs> uh, there, there's going to be a there's going to be a lag time to get this up and running, and, and the start date is is January eighth. Okay, of of twenty four. Of twenty four, right? Okay. So you know we're right. looking at, at you know eight nine months from now. Well, still, that's look in in for this type of thing, that's actually probably a pretty quick turnaround, and. Uh, <laughs> There, there probably will be some fits and stops, I'm sure. Uh, we've got Brian uh, Murphy with us uh, here. So this had a lot of sponsors in the house. Uh, why was that significant? Yeah, you know, it had oh, more than 50, 50 sponsors in the house, and, I mean, that's a big deal because you only need, you know, 60, 61 votes to get it passed in the house. There's 120 members. So, uh, you know, they they almost had enough support just among the sponsors themselves, and I think, you know, it's a sign of strength. I mean, you know, almost everything over here is, you know, when you talk about the legislature, is a sign of strength. You know, how, how strong is your position? And and in this case, I think supporters did a did a much better job this year of ironing out all those concerns ahead of time. No surprises on the House floor. No surprises in committee. Um, got it through. And and certainly, there's a huge lobbying effort happening on behalf of this bill. Um, when you talk about you know the gaming sites, the operators, the the professional sports teams. Uh, there's a whole lot of people that that want to get this thing passed, and I think they did a better job this year of of kind of locking down that support. Gotcha. When it came to the the tax, you know, the money that would be taken out, the tax rate, and the type of money this would generate, what were the sort of final numbers in the watch on the House side? Yeah, well, they, you know, uh, when this bill had originally been introduced, it was an eight percent tax rate. Now it's up to fourteen percent, which is much more in line with with industry standards. It's actually probably slightly lower than than you know some you know Virginia's at fifteen percent, Tennessee's at twenty percent, uh, New York and New Hampshire at fifty one percent. So you know, kind of the the rates are all over the place. I think probably the most interesting thing that, that happened with the money is, you know, they they've they've really uh, doled it out to a whole bunch of different places. Basically, all 10 schools in the university system that do not play FBS football now stand to, to, to make hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars off of this for their athletic departments. So you're talking about, you know, uh, UNC Asheville and, and um, a lot of the HBCUs in the state. Uh, mm-hmm. If you don't play FBS football, you're, you're, you're guaranteed $300,000 off the top as long as there's enough, enough revenue. And then, and then you would get, um, I believe it's now up to uh, up to 20% of of the the funds that that are left after the ma- the mandatory distribution. So, um, and and then for how much money we're talking, I mean, I think, you know, I think the, the numbers are all over the map here. I think it's instructive to look at like a state like Virginia. They made about 28 million in taxes their first year, um, and that bumped up to close to 50 million the second year as they started to phase out some of the promos and and bonus. Uh, deductibility that the operators can claim. Uh, North Carolina does have a two-year phase-out, so I think the, the numbers will start relatively low in the first year and, and maybe even that second year, but by the third year, I think we should be looking at a very similar you know, st- uh, comparison to Virginia, where this could be bringing in 50, 60, you know, $75 million a year, um, which seems like an awful lot of money, and, and you know, I, I, I'm, they can gladly cut that check to me, <laughs> uh, but you also got to consider that yeah. uh, North Carolina's budget is, is thirty billion. Right, right. So, yeah. 
Uh, this is not game-changing money for, for the state in any way, but the way they are doling it out, it, it could be, you know, it could be, you know, very, very uh, important money for, for a lot of these athletic departments. Brian Murphy, a sports investigative reporter for WREL. He's been following the sports gambling uh, for the last couple of years. At Murph in NC is uh, the Twitter account I'm, I'm seeing here. Because Are you still locked out? Of the other one? I'm, not, no, okay. I'm no longer locked out. That, okay. was a, that was a terrible week in my life when I got locked <laughs> out of my Twitter account. At Murph's Turf also. So a couple yeah, of Twitter yeah. accounts you could follow uh, him there. Uh, turf with a PH at the end to play off of uh, the Murphy uh, part of things with PH. All right. Uh, I, I, we're kind of all over the board here, but uh, I, I did want to kind of get from you. what You mentioned the committees and the Senate side, and there's some things that could be added, and, and there will be some things – Followed about and debated. How long do you see that process taking on the Senate side for sports gambling legalization? I, I, do, I imagine it'll be similar to the House side, and, and it works pretty quick on the House side. So we're talking about once it starts that committee journey, and and we'll see exactly when that is. Obviously, you mentioned they're they're not here. Excuse me, they're not here this week. Um, two weeks. I, I would imagine it'll be about a two week process once it gets going in the committees uh, to when it gets to the Senate floor, and, and we're talking about final passage. Now, um, you know, your listeners may know, but, you know, if they change the bill in any way, then it's got to go back to the House. Um, So, and I do imagine that the bill is going to change. So it'll have to go back to the House. So this process will will still probably drag on. I would imagine we're still talking about this in in the middle of May. Gotcha. At what point does the session wrap up? Just out of, you know, curiosity, you did give a (laughs) timetable there. But, I mean, this is expected to be an incredibly long session, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're actually moving pretty quickly. I mean, they, they they would like to be out of here before I would imagine. You know, the new the new fiscal year starts July first. Uh-huh. They'd like to have a like to have a budget done by that time and, and get out of here. Uh, they're still going to have to do redistricting. There's still a lot of controversial stuff on the agenda. So, uh, you know, they're supposed to be a part time legislature, but that that uh, session keeps getting longer and longer and longer. So, I imagine they'll. I, I don't know. I know they want to get out of here sooner, but. Uh, you know, football kickoff versus the leg- end of the legislative session, I think that's probably a, a good bet, you know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure which one would be favored at that point. Uh, how many licenses will be granted under the, the, the legislation out of the House? Yeah, the bill says uh, at least 10 and up to 12, and that doesn't include uh, what the federally recognized tribes will get. So the Cherokee and the Catawba will each have their own. Um, that's in addition to the 10 to 12. So I, I think, you know, overall we're, we're probably looking at 14, uh, you know, when it's all said and done. And so and that leaves, uh, you know, you would imagine the FanDuel's and the DraftKings of the world, the big ones will get in there. But I, I think it does leave some room for, for maybe smaller operators to, to grab a license as well. When you say smaller operators, Brian, I mean, is that smaller when compared to DraftKings and FanDuel, or is that a true mom-and-pop consortium in the state could, could uh, you know, rise from the from – from the ground up. Yeah, I think I think we're talking about smaller national brands. Um, you know, FanDuel has has dominated the, the the market share. If you look at all these states, I mean, they're running over forty percent in most of these states of market share. And then you know, when you factor in DraftKings and and uh, you know BetMGM and Caesars, um, you know, you're, you're eating up a lot of the market share, but there are a whole lot of them. I and mean, some states offer as many as 60 licenses. Oh, wow. And there are lots of other brands out there, you know, points bet and, and, you know, Barstool has their own. Mm-hmm. So there are, and, and those are more well known than some of the other brands I'm talking about. So 
there are lots and lots of, of operators in this space. You know, we tend to hear about the same, you know, 10 of them and really maybe the same five of them. Uh, so I don't think there'll be some brand that we've never heard of to get one. The license process is pretty tough. It costs a million dollars to get, to get a license for five years. You've got to show that you've got experience in this, this marketplace and experience, uh, doing these things. Uh, I think, you know, all those, uh, all those regulations are going to lead us to having 10 to 12 of, of the, the biggest brands. Um, you know, even if some, even if we've never heard of one or two of them, I think they'll all be operating in other states. Have this, has this been, because you followed this, where has this taken off and exceeded expectation, and where has it, uh, you know, maybe not lived up to expectation? I'm talking other states. Yeah, I mean, I think almost everywhere it's exceeded expectations. Um, now, there have been some places, and I think the people in North Carolina have done a much better job than in other states. The people in North Carolina, the supporters of this, have never said, hey, this is going to solve our, our budget right. problem. Right. Yes. This is going to bring in hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of millions of dollars and all that stuff. But to, to their credit, the supporters have never made that argument. And, and I think where it has fallen short in some other states, it's because they promised this huge, huge windfall, and, and, and it hasn't materialized right away. Uh, but, you know, Ohio just launched in January. It's, it, it's taken off there. Uh, of course, it has also brought some gambling addiction problems and, and more calls to the helpline and all of that stuff. But, you know, New York has been, you know, the, 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 the trend center, as, as you might expect, that one of the most populous states in the country, uh, huge, huge, you know, sports market. What I think is interesting is that, is that the other big states, California, it failed. Uh, Texas it hasn't been able to get off the ground. Florida, there's been a lot of dispute between the state and, and some of the uh, Indian tribes, particularly the Seminoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Georgia is another big state. It has not gotten launched there. Um, and so New York is kind of the outlier. Illinois, I believe, does have it too. But New York is kind of the outlier among the super populous states that's actually gotten it going. Now, they're at 51% tax rate, hmm. um, and they are bringing in hundreds of millions of dollars uh, fr- from this. Uh, they're one state that's really – uh, you know, the, the market there has been incredible and they've brought in a lot, a lot of money because of their giant tax rate. Now, I don't know if that tax rate would fly in other states because the operators say, Hey, the New York market is so big. We can right. live right. with yeah. 49% of the, of the money that that's still making us hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know if that would work in a smaller state. It probably could work in California, but uh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Other than that, I can't see it. And it would probably be a boon to California. Uh, that's a story yeah, for another it, time, I guess. Well, it was on the it was on a ballot initiative, and it got shot down. Now there was a lot of back and forth between the the, the tribal nations right, out right, there yeah, and the yeah. state, and who's going to run it. Yeah. And so, you know, North Carolina has has gotten the tribes on board, which I think has been important in getting this legislation. The the Cherokee and the Catawba are are on board with this. They have not been, you know, fighting against it. If they were fighting against it, I think we'd see a, a lot different outcome. After a spring break week. For the legislature, as crazy as that is to say that they get one. I want one, by the way, Brian. I don't ever get one. I would like one. Uh, but uh, what what is on docket that you say? I mean, you said controversy. So what what is what are the real hot button issues on docket, sports related or not, uh, for the rest of the session? Yeah, you know, a, a lot of the session has been focused on you know Medicaid expansion, which passed, and, and that's tied to the budget, which is always a big fight. But I, you know, I think we need to keep an eye on uh, on abortion bills, on a lot of transgender bills um, aimed at at curtailing you know transgender rights, uh, including 
play the right to play high school sports. Um, there's there's some medical care stuff associated with transgender bills, and then uh, the Republicans have have said they're going to redistrict, uh, you know, the U.S. Uh, House races or the U.S. House districts as well as the the state House districts and the state Senate districts. So um, there is a lot of and, and, and all unlike sports gambling, which does not cut along party lines, right? All of yes. all of those issues that I just mentioned: yes. abortion, <laughs> the budget, um, transgender rights, um, uh, redistricting. All of those issues cut along very traditional Republican Democratic lines. And so I think we're going to see a lot of, a lot of those fights that we've avoided thus far in, in the session, um, are, are going to start popping up when, when they get back from their spring break. Ryan Murphy, always great to talk with you, my friend, uh, sports investigative reporter with WRAL at Murph and NC at Murph's Turf. You can follow him there on uh, Twitter. He's so busy, he has two Twitter accounts. Uh, Brian, great to talk to you, and uh, appreciate your time greatly. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Here's Chris Cook with a 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update. This is Chris Cook here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update. Number 9 East Carolina plays the first of two American Athletic Conference series against Cincinnati this weekend, welcoming the Bearcats to Lewis Field at Clark LeClaire Stadium April 14th through the 16th. The teams will kick off the set Friday at 6 p.m., reconvene Saturday at 4 p.m., and close things out Sunday at 1 p.m. East Carolina Hall of Fame running back Chris Johnson is one of five individuals who will be inducted into the Senior Bowl Hall of Fame as part of the 2023 class the organization announced Thursday morning. The Carolina Panthers are bringing a familiar face back to the team. The team announced earlier today that they have signed veteran wide receiver Demir Bird to a one-year deal. And the Atlanta Falcons have signed Bud Dupree to a one-year deal. And finally, Dan Snyder has agreed to sell the Washington Commanders to a group led by Josh Harris for a whopping $6 billion. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to donate, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout, right here on 94.3 The Game. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The station for the ECU Pirates. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang, burgers and Pepsi go together like... Well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Big news out of the uh, American today in college basketball is uh, Memphis and Virginia are apparently finalizing a home-and-home series. We'll begin next season at the FedEx Forum. So uh, with uh, Houston leaving the American, uh, Penny and the Tigers are 
uh, amplifying the non-league schedule a little bit. So that's a good uh, that's a good deal for the American. I think the American in basketball is going to really be uh, a lot better than, than people believe it will be. Uh, we'll see. Uh, good stuff there, though. Uh, good information today that uh, is coming out and is uh, being released. Looks like uh, everything is uh, a go, all systems a go. For Pirate uh, Baseball coming up uh, here at the top of the hour, we'll uh, join Scooter and Coach O from uh, Clark LeClaire Stadium on the radio here in just a little bit, our pregame show for the ECU Sports Radio Network as uh, ECU and Cincinnati play each other for the first of six regular season meetings. Of course, these are the two that uh, play one another. 43rd meeting uh, tonight, Pirates with a 33-8-2 advantage. They've won uh, six in a row in the uh, series. Uh, they are uh, sending a kid out there tonight that, uh, from what we understand, kind of is a pitch-to-contact kid. I'm talking about Cincinnati here. And, of course, then you have uh, Trey Savage, uh, who is uh, coming in. And he got roughed up for those three consecutive homers last time uh, out last Thursday in game one of that doubleheader where the Pirates ultimately won 17-7. So I'm sure Savage is going to come out fired up. Uh, he was looking good yesterday, as was... Uh, as was uh, Carter Spivey at practice. So uh, those guys throwing the football around with Coach Godwin, who could still could still uh, zip the pill, the old uh, high school quarterback. We'll hear from Coach G on Monday. So we got that uh, for you uh, coming up. Uh, we'll have some other things. Uh, I'll be hosting Talk of the Town next week as well, uh, the first three mornings of the week. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. I will not be here next Friday. I've got uh, TV assignments out of town, so uh, but uh, we'll be with you for four days next week. Uh, is the plan here on the Patrick Johnson Show? Uh, we had incredible weather yesterday. I mean, just beautiful weather. And uh, two weeks from yesterday starts the first concert on the Common concert of uh, six series this year, a series of six. Uh, six o'clock showtimes, of course, uh, down at the town common, food trucks, adult beverages, vendors, pets, welcome, no coolers, no glass containers, but, uh, the legacy Motown review, uh, music from the Motor City is, uh, due up on the 27th. So two weeks from yesterday, uh, we've got, uh, on the border this year, the ultimate Eagles tribute band is always very popular. That's coming up in May as is the band of Oz. A tribute to Fleetwood Mac in June, June 8th, with Landslide. These are all on Thursdays. Great way to kick off the weekend in the summer. Uh, the Embers with our great friend Craig Woolard, also in late June, right before July 4th. No better way to get into the Independence Day weekend than that. And then uh, Tuesday's Gone, a tribute to Skinnerd on July 13th. My guy, the Ryan King, the lead singer there. Uh, wonderful sponsors who brought... Uh, who bring you this show because these are free shows. Uh, City of Greenville, Junior League of Greenville, Greenville Utilities, the Pitt Greenville Airport, ECU Health, the Air Doctor, Polly Pilot of State Farm, Sawyer's Fun Park, the Ritchie Law Firm, Mick Ultra, uh, Town Bank, Greenville Toyota, Optimum, Eastern Plumbing, Specialty FDR, Fencing and Decking, our guy Sean, Sean McGlawhorn, uh, Wells Roofing and Gutters as well. Uh, and uh, we hope you'll uh, take advantage of the opportunity to get out with your friends, family, and neighbors and enjoy this great music. Again, two weeks from yesterday, co- uh, Concert on the Common takes place at the Town Common in Uptown Greenville at the Greenville Toyota Amphitheater. 
Uh, again, pets are welcome, uh, and uh, no glass bottles, no coolers. There will be food trucks. There will be uh, beverage trucks there. It will be a lot of fun. So we're looking forward to that two weeks from yesterday, and let's hope it's a duplicate of the great weather that we had uh, yesterday. All right, I hope you have a great weekend and a safe weekend. Be uh, very careful out there, and uh, we'll look forward to having you back here on Monday for a fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Shows. We'll talk to Coach Godwin and everything else out of the uh, big sports uh, weekend. You can also relive the uh, magic uh, or hear for the first time, if you missed it, uh, our Mike Houston interview from yesterday where we had Coach for 45 minutes in the studio, 94.3thegame.com. Thanks to Chris Cook for his uh, great effort here tonight, and uh, we uh, will send you out to Pirate Baseball on the other side of this break as ECU gets set to take on Cincinnati for Game 1 of their series. Have a great weekend, everybody. Concert on the Common is back. Are you ready? with your friends and family, along with adult beverages and great food on Greenville's Town Common. The first band to hit the Greenville Toyota Amphitheater stage is the Legacy Motown Review, Thursday, April 27th. This year will also feature music from the Ultimate Eagles Tribute on the Border. Each music legends of Band of Oz. Landslide, a tribute to Fleetwood Mac. The Embers, featuring Craig Woolard and the Leonard Skinner Tribute Band. Tuesday's Gone. Details at ConcertOnTheCommon.org. Special thanks to the City of Greenville and the Junior League of Greenville. Concert on the Common is sponsored by EC.